Hello, everyone, and thank you for listening in with us today on our podcast, For the Sake of the Child. Our podcasts are brought to you by the Military Child Education Coalition, whose work is focused on ensuring quality educational opportunities for all military-connected children affected by mobility, family separation, deployments, and transition. Here at the MSEC, we want to ensure that every military child is college, workforce, and life ready. In our podcast, we will share your stories as we talk to military service members, professionals, parents, and military kids. Please like, share, and subscribe. And we appreciate your comments, questions, and ideas for topics that you would like to hear more about. Welcome, everyone, to our podcast, For the Sake of the Child. My name is Susan Sellers. I'm the spouse of an active duty service member, parent to three military kids, master parent-to-parent educator, and now podcast host at the Military Child Education Coalition. Today's podcast, we're going to talk about creating strong families, and joining me is Georgianne McCraven. Georgianne is the wife of retired Admiral Bill McCraven, and she was born and raised in Dallas, Texas, and spent nearly four decades in the critical support role of military spouse. The couple has served in assignments across the United States, including locations in California, Washington, D.C., Florida, Virginia, and North Carolina, as well as two overseas assignments in the Philippines and Germany. As a Navy spouse for 36 years, Georgianne is intimately familiar with the challenges and pressures of the role. She's particularly passionate about supporting young families and has spearheaded many projects for their care and welfare. While serving as the wife of the commander of the U.S. Special Operations Command, Georgianne worked tirelessly to improve the lives of the service members and their families through the preservation of the Force and Families Initiative and the CARE Coalition, which helps wounded warriors and their families of the fallen. Georgianne is also on the board of the Special Operations Warrior Foundation. The mission of this organization is to educate every child who loses their special operations parent in the line of duty. The foundation also provides immediate financial assistance to severely wounded special operations forces service members. Georgianne, thanks so much for joining us today. Thank you. Uh, how, are, how are you? It's great to be here and, and have a chance to talk with you guys. Well, I really appreciate it, and I'm super excited that we can chat uh, today. So going, obviously, through your bio, and with that length of service, 36 years, I'm sure you guys faced a lot of moves. Roughly how many times did the family move during Admiral McRaven's tenure? Uh, We moved about 17 times, which um, was really different for me because, as you um, said in my bio, I grew up in Dallas, and um, we never moved. I was in the same house my whole life until I went to college. So um, it was a change, and I ended up learning to really love moving. Now we're in one place. We've we've settled in Austin, and I kind of have that bug. I feel like I should be moving because we've been here four years. But anyway, it's um, moving was fun. Sometimes it was hard, but it was. It, there are a lot of positives to it as well. Oh, absolutely. And as you mentioned, you know, most non-military families don't move as you know as frequently as military do. You know, I think the military moves three times more than than non-military families, and kids can move between six and nine, ten, nine to ten times during their their school career. So, I know it can be a challenge, even if you have a positive attitude about relocating. Um, based on your experience, would you share some advice on some ways a parent can help their children integrate into these new communities when they PCS? Well. Um 
The great thing that people have now that I didn't have when um, my ch- my boys were young was now you can go on the Internet and really research where you're going. So the, the biggest thing I would uh, tell families to do is before they're moving to a new place to to go online and research the schools and research the neighborhoods and, you know, the sports, the music, the art, all the different things that are available uh, for their children. And it's great if you can move in the summer because um, then you don't have to interrupt a school year. But part of the problem with moving, if you move at the beginning of the summer, sometimes your children don't meet friends until they start school in August or September. So I think one of the best things to do is before you move, really look at everything that is available and really plan out how you're going to help your child become um, integrated into the new community and to make friends. And uh, it's easy easier when they're younger because you can almost pick their friends for them by what you sign them up for. But um, I found I would I would really investigate the school first. I would figure out which neighborhood according to the school uh, school district. And you don't have to live in the wealthiest neighborhood to have the best school. You can go online and look at scores, and there's all kinds of things you can do. And MSEC I know is a great resource for um, parents looking into new schools. So once you once you figure out the school in the neighborhood, then the next thing you do is you try and figure out what your children are passionate about. And if they don't really know yet, just it's great to try a lot of things. So if you so you can sign them up for for camps or sports and then um you know, there's always lots of times the YMCA's or the base has art they have art camps and things. And Try and help them do something like that so that when school starts, maybe they have already met some children. Um, And the other thing you can do is lots of times you will move and you'll do everything right and they still don't meet anybody. And that's when you have to be ready to fill in and keep them busy so they don't realize that they don't have friends and they don't have anything to do. So you look, you know, what I used to tell my children is we're moving to a new place and we're going to conquer this city. And then you look, you know, before you go, you find out everything there is to do there. And some, you know, some areas, we were lucky in the Navy. Lots of times we were near the water. So there were always a lot of outdoor things to do. But then we also um, had places, we were stationed places that weren't on the water and maybe smaller towns where there aren't as many activities, but you can still investigate and still find some sort of historic battlefield or just something that can get your children interested in the area. And um, one thing we did, especially when it's summertime, is I always you know, had a picnic blanket and we would just take off for the day and we would picnic places. And you know, even when your children are older and they think, you know, they're too old to do that kind of thing, you know, just make it fun and, you know, you have to work to figure out what they're interested in and find things that they will enjoy. And really, um, even if you're not happy about moving, tell them how great it is. And, and I think um, one one thing you can do, the more positive you are about something and the more you build it up, even in your own mind, it will seem better. You know, there's there's nothing better than a positive attitude because I know lots of times we would move and 
you know, I would be leaving a job and friends, and it is hard. But I think if you can just be as positive and make it seem as exciting as you can, um, that will rub off on your children and it will help. Oh, I couldn't agree with you more. I I think we as parents kind of set the tone um, for the next location. And as long as we're projecting something that's positive, even if secretly we're we're sort of dreading it ourselves, our children are going to be more receptive and they're going to be more interested in researching the area, especially, you know, your older kids, like you mentioned, you know, they could even help explore and decide some of the activities to do to become more invested in their new community. So I love those ideas. We've used a few ourselves, but I just think that's a great um, way to reiterate getting invested in your community is a great way to help them to to get integrated as well. So, and I know you mentioned um, researching schools, going on school quest or MSEC to look into trying to find the right high school or the right middle school, elementary school for your kids. But I know um, having kids that are in high school, and my son Hudson's a junior right now, those kind of come with their own unique challenges, especially, you know, if they're attending multiple high schools. And this can have an effect, you know, not on, on only on them, but also on um, the family. Can you offer some insight, you know, on those high school years for our highly mobile military kids? Um, so when your children are in high school, that's when you really have to be even more strategic about your planning. And um, sometimes moving high school children, you realize things aren't always fair for them when you get to a new school. Sometimes, you know, the new school isn't that. Some high schools are not great about helping new children um, integrate and stuff. So the first thing you have to do is get over that and just realize some of the, some of it isn't fair, and you just move on, and you you can't dwell on it. You just make the best of it, um, because when two of mine moved three times in high school, and it does it can affect your uh, standing in class, um, and it can affect you you know the children being in sports or making being captain of a team or being president of the class. Some of those things just don't work out as well when you when you move a lot but but that's something you can't complain about it to your children you can't you know you just have to realize you know what the problems are and then try and get over them so one thing um i did especially since our children moved three times and two one one son did not have to move in high school but two of them had to move three times so i had to look at you know, have an idea of where where the places are they might be interested in going to college. I had to think about what were what schools or colleges wanted. You know, what they like. So, what I did, for example, um, every high school doesn't have the same requirements for graduation, and every college doesn't look at. Um, you know, some like more foreign language, some like more of this. So you kind of have to be strategic about um, helping your children pick the, their classes and all because the counselors at the high school, they're looking at the, what the child needs to graduate from their high school. But you have to help them along. If if you know you might move, you have to think have that in the back of your mind. For example, uh, we were in Europe um, when one of my uh, children were in high school, and they had a requirement for a year and a half of PE. So they kept pushing um, 
our daughter to take another semester of PE, but I knew there was a slight chance we might have to move before her senior year. So I kept telling her, don't do that, because I knew the next place we would go, they didn't have the re extra requirement for PE, and it wouldn't look good on her transcript from that state to have extra PE. So, um, and I would even do things as far as like, if if I was trying to figure out like one of our the son that moved three times, I had an idea of where he wanted to go to college, and I I would call the best um, you know state school in uh, in that state, the college, and I would ask them, you know, he's got the choice of taking this or this. What would look better to you all as an applicant? So sometimes you have to um, plan according to that. Um, the other thing as far as moving in high school, it and I don't know if things have changed, but I know when our children moved a lot, it did affect their class ranking. And sometimes that does affect um, when you apply for schools. So one thing I had the two of them do that had to move three times, I had them put a lot of effort into SAT review. So there's SAT and ACT review, and you don't have to spend a lot of money on those kind of things. There's, there, I know high schools have classes, and there's a lot of opportunities, but nothing helps more than practice, practice, practice. And if they can get their um, scores for those standardized tests up, then that will help overcome the fact that they don't have as as high the class ranking and help them a lot for uh, college applications. The other thing you have to do for high school is whatever your children are passionate in, band, art, sports, before you move, you have to check because unfortunately, a lot of schools have their tryouts for sports teams in the summer before um, you get there. And if you haven't found that out, they could get to the school and miss out on being on a team. And it, it's especially helpful when they're in high school you, you, if they're in a fall sport. So I know you can't, you know, can't pick the sport that the children like the best, but um, cross country is usually a fall sport. So, you know, if there's a, um, a sport that they like that's a fall sport, really encourage them to do that because that way that will help them um, meet friends. Both of my children that moved three times are very involved in sports, and that was really one of the things that helped them the most for integrating into a new school. Um, band is the same thing, and and there's always clubs. So it's so hard, I know, when you're new to, to do something new like that, but if you can help encourage them to get involved in something that will help them feel a part of a new school, uh, that's a great thing that you can do. No, absolutely. I completely agree. I, I like how you mentioned if if they're interested in a fall sport, that certainly is a great way to start getting connected with other kids in the, the high school that you selected for them. And I, I would agree with you that it just sounds like you really need to be proactive, especially during those high school years. You know, kind of what we, we say at INSEC is perhaps looking at it from working backwards. In other words, looking at the college, then working back from 12th grade down to 9th grade in terms of being strategic with your classes so that you can reach your ultimate goal. And as military families, we just have to recognize that we're a little bit unique and that 
you know, our graduation requirements are not necessarily going to mirror what the school is is, is pushing currently. Um, I know we talk a lot about that in our Chart Your Course webinars and um, kind of encourage more of a universal uh, graduation uh, requirement plan so that it makes kids more um, more open to, to choices that they want to they want to do. So, um, and, and, I knew, and, and that sorry, is yeah. so important. And the other thing that I, I just can't stress enough, you can do everything right. You can have just an incredible child with all kinds of talents, and they can still get to a new school and not make friends. It, it just happens. And it's not that you've done anything wrong or your child has done anything wrong. High school can just be a difficult time. And that's where you have to be ready, you know, to just, again, be positive, step in, and just, you know, find, you know, little trips to go on on the weekends or figure out something that maybe you like to do together and just it's really important at that age um, to build a high school. Even, even if your, your child seems like the most competent person in the world, it always helps to, to be positive, help build them up, and keep them busy, especially if they're having a hard time connecting. I, I, you know, you can get involved in church groups. There's, uh, you know, visit family members. Just, just remember that if you know, even if you read everything and do everything right, it doesn't always mean things will just per- turn out perfectly. And that's when you have to be ready to step in and do Plan B and find out, you know, volunteer opportunities or or things outside of school for the children to get involved in if for some reason it it doesn't work out at school. No, absolutely. I think those are great ideas, and I like your resounding theme about that sometimes the connection is going to be the family itself, um, especially during high school when it is harder to, you know, make those long-term relationships, especially when you're only going to be somewhere for a short period of time. So kind of talking on that, that line, what suggestions would you um, have for staying connected um, as a family when your service member is either deployed or separated um, from the family? Um, so, you know, the great thing now is you have the um, when when I f- first when my husband and I first got married, you you would, the only way to communicate was by letter, and it would take a long time to for letters to get to the ship. My husband was in the Navy to the ship, and then by the time you heard back, it could be a month. But one thing I always did, whether it was you know back then or now with the internet and um, Skype and email is to keep your service member, keep them attuned to everything that's going on. You know, I would just, it would almost be like, um, you know, writing a diary. I would just write everything that was going on, even if it just didn't seem that important. And the same thing, I would have my children get on and talk to their their uh, father or send them letters and or pictures, just things to keep them, keep that service member involved in your life. So when they do come back, they can just jump right in and, you know, know exactly what's going on. You know, you can mention friends' names and what they're doing so that they feel a part of things. I think that's the most important thing because, um, 
you know, when you're the one left at home with the children, you feel like it's so hard for you, but it is so hard for that service member to be away and to feel like they're not spending time with their children. And if you can help them to feel like they're a part of their children's lives, it'll just make all the difference in the world. So um, I think, you know, communication is great. And I know not everyone, not every service member is um, has Skype and different things available just because of different rules wherever they are. And that's where sometimes it has to be, you know, writing letters or just sending emails and you don't get to hear all, all the time. And the other thing is you have to be aware because what might work for you or work for some other ch- uh, children might not be the best thing for your child because when um, – when my husband was gone and they at first we just they first started skyping and different things we would do that and i realized finally my daughter said it really was hard for her because it made her miss her father more seeing him but not having him be there so you just you know it, it seemed to me like that was the greatest thing in the world to be able to talk and see the person but that's you know different things are hard for children so you just have to be aware of what your children, what helps your child and what doesn't, and and try and move forward like that. Absolutely. I, I completely agree with you, but I think, you know, some people feel that when their, their soldier is deployed or separated, they don't want to burden them with information. But I think the soldier, from what I understand, the soldier, you know, they want to know what's going on. They want to still feel with that information that they're still part of the family, even if they're not physically there. Um, but finding out what works best for your family, I think, is so key because, as we said again, you know, not one thing works for everybody. Um, right, right. But and, just kind of find, think, finding the net. And I, and I understand, you know, there's those two things you don't tell, the, you know, some people believe you shouldn't tell the service member anything bad while they're gone. The problem with that is then they wonder what in the world's going on if they feel like you're not telling them anything. So, you know, that's that's an individual thing, but I think it's really important to, you know, for them, especially if, you know, if your child's having trouble at school or, or things aren't going well, I think it's important to share that with the service member that's away because then they are involved in their life and they may be able to say something that can help. So, um, but I know that's an individual thing because some people don't like to, to share everything that's going on, but... But I, I think I think it can be positive because I think it can help as well. Absolutely. And I and I think you really touched on one of the, the qualities we talk about in a webinar we have called creating strong families, which is communication. Um and in talking about different qualities, your husband, Admiral McCraven, had, had a speech that went viral entitled Making Your Bed Every Day. And he talked about how little things can change your life. What are some small ways that you think families can use to strengthen their family? Well, I think um, the most important thing is, and it's not, you can't do it every night, but the more you can sit down and have dinner together, I think that is just a huge thing. And, and of course, when, you're, when your um, mom or dad is deployed, I know they can't be there too. But, you know, but if you can sit down, when you can sit down as a family, and share a meal and spend time together, 
you know, and it doesn't have to be a fancy meal. It's just, you know, to sit down and look at each other without the TV on, without, you know, everyone looking at their phones. It will make a huge difference, and especially if it's a habit. You know, I, I think when you have to move a lot and when you have a parent that's gone, when you can keep routines and traditions you know, you may have to change them a little according to, you know, moving or, or not everyone being home. But when you can do those kind of things, that makes a huge difference. And just a simple thing like, you know, I think for those, you know, that it's for us, you know, going to church together was always something that really made a difference. And, you know, sometimes on Sundays, everybody doesn't always want to go. But, you know, when things become a tradition and a habit, it gives them, no matter where you are, it makes them feel at home because they're doing the same things. So um, I think any time you can spend time together, even, you know, when when my boys were, were younger, you know, they loved, you know, Star Trek, you know, a Voyager or one one of the, and, you know, I, every week, you know, that was before you had Netflix and everything, we went, Wednesdays we would watch, you know, Voyager together. And it just, it gave us something, it just, and I learned to actually like it. I'm almost like a Trekkie now. But, I mean, you just, you find things that you can do with your children, even if it's not your passion, you can make it your passion if, you know, if someone likes art, then, you know, you go to Michael's with them and, and look at everything. Or if they like a sport, you know, and um, there are so many things you can do together as a family. Um, m- my personal favorite was picnicking, and we would picnic everywhere. You know, every, you know, birthday, holiday, you know, we'd just do a big picnic with friends. And um, people, you know, it just got to be the point. If You know, my kids are adults now, and they'll still talk about the picnics we used to have. So there's so many things you can do as a family, and especially don't think once they get to a certain age they don't want to spend time with you anymore. Because even if you have to kind of push it, they do really like it. They do. So, um, and, you know, and so I think spending time together, you know, with is just the best thing in the whole world you can do. So. That's oh, well, I, I my husband would say, and my husband would say to make your bed in the morning. But the great thing for me is that's my husband's book now, so that I let him have that job every day that he's home. <laughs> I'll have to remember that and make sure I tell Art that 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 is also his job now too. Yeah. So, so uh, yeah. So I, I actually I'm off. Well, uh, Bill's out of town today, so I have to make the bed today. But when he's home. It's you know so anyway I'm off the hook as far as that goes but but the simple thing he w- he was talking about in his book is routines and doing something at the beginning of the day so you accomplish something so there's a lot of things like that that you can instill in your children besides just making your bed that just makes them you know I think especially when you have to move a lot there's nothing better than routines and traditions to help them feel oh. centered. Absolutely. I couldn't agree with you more. I I think the resounding theme is, you know, a strong family is a family that you invest in. And that is the best way through communication, through routines, traditions, spending time together as a family uh, is truly one of the greatest ways that you can strengthen your own. To me, this is the most important thing of all. 
Because um, I know there's a lot of parents out there that, you know, are working and running their kids all over to, you know, sports practice, music practice, helping with homework, and life seems so difficult. And you think, wow, you know, it's only four more years till they graduate or five more years till they graduate. And you think um, sometimes you wish, you know, that time away because it's so difficult. My one um, thing, if if no one takes anything else from this, is to ab- to enjoy your children. Just enjoy every minute of it because, you know, they grow up and, you know, they go off and they do their own thing and they're not home anymore, you know, because now my children are all, you know, they don't even live in the same state that I'm in. And I just can't tell you how much I would like to have that time back again and the craziness and the chaos, ever you know, all the running around, I miss it so much. So um, remember when things are hard to just hug your kids, love them, and enjoy them being with you. Well, I, I could not agree with you more. So thank you, Georgianne. And thank you for taking the time today to talk to us and for sharing your knowledge and expertise with our listeners. And thanks to all our listeners for joining us today. Please like, share, and subscribe, and we appreciate your comments, questions, and ideas for topics that you would like to hear more from. Please continue listening to our after show where we'll talk more detail about some points we're sharing, we share today in today's topic. Thanks for staying after uh, to listen a little bit more in our after show. I did want to touch on a couple of details that we discussed in today's podcast with Georgiana Craven and Creating Strong Families. She had mentioned um, in extracurricular activities that sometimes our children may miss the tryout opportunities or the deadlines for extracurriculars. And I did want to mention to military-connected families the opportunity to utilize the MIC-3. And for those that aren't familiar with that, that is the Military Interstate Children's Compact Commission. And since that's been created uh, and passed through all 50 states, it does make um, tryouts or um, eligible at the maybe a private tryout eligible um, for your military connected student. It doesn't guarantee a spot on the team or on the band, um, but it does allow them to have an opportunity. Um, and Tara's going to put some notes, put in some show notes listing the website, but it's www.mic3.net. And we encourage you that if you're in this situation to touch base with your school or the school that you're going to be attending um, to try to make arrangements, and if not, to certainly utilize that website in finding the best resources to advocate for that. And then the other thing was Georgianne mentioned, you know, the importance of having family meals together. We know that that's super hard during today's schedules and craziness that's going on, but we all also recognize that it's more than just nutrition coming together as a family. There's a great website called The Family Dinner Project, and it gives you ideas, um, ways to come together as a family. Um, It can be conversation stores. It can be uh, meals, whatever, Um, but it's just a great Um, site that we recommend that if you're looking for some ways to kind of help make better connections there during the family dinners. And that site is um, www.thefamilydinnerproject.org. 
And um, Tara, again, will put that in the uh, show notes for you if you'd like to realize it. But thank you so much for continuing to listen and have a great day. I want to thank you again for listening to our podcast for the sake of the child. We would like to invite you to visit our website at www.militarychild.org. Like the MSEC on Facebook and follow us on Twitter. Please join us again next time as we share more stories that impact our military-connected kids.